Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Now, live from Chicago, the Hal Sparks radio program mega worldwide. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Hal Sparks, your comedian and multimedia personality. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Hal Sparks. All right, let's do this. All right, I don't, I don't know about you, Johnny Million. I don't know about you, but uh, how did you enjoy the end of the world? Um, Is that what um, MTG was saying would happen? No, no, no. I, uh, I have a theory about that. That was uh, about Elon Musk taking over Twitter, and therefore you could let your you know free speech just have in its day, and you can go back on there and say anything you would have sh- said marching with a tiki torch in Charlotte, and everything's going to be fine. <laughs> That's what that meant. I don't think she was like, I'm on the phone with Paul Pelosi's <laughs> attacker guy. right now. <laughs> It's Nancy Pelosi's husband with a hammer. Yeah, just you wait. This is exactly what I've been waiting for this whole time. Uh, I mean, not only is she a horrible person, but could she have, like, worse timing? Um... Probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, she could have she, she's the kind of person who could have been like hammering squirrels just to show how country she is to make soup, you know, right before like, hey, we're making squirrels head soup. Crack, flood, yeah, and then crack, like, and then flood. Hold up the hammer and be like, I got this hammer at Menards. And then like, it's the same hammer that they use. Exactly. It's got hair in it and stuff like the yeah. one used in, in that uh, Harrison Ford I movie. Same brand. I, didn't, I didn't mean murder weapon. Like her ex-husband finds it in the basement and it's got hair on it. And he, instead of turning her in, he washes it. Um, what was that one? Was that the presumed innocent? That's what it was. Oh, yeah. 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 His, his, his wife killed his ex with a hammer and, made, and framed him for it because she was jealous. And in the end, he washes the hammer and stays with her. I mean, I don't I, I feel like that was uh, MTG and her yeah. husband's first date movie. Yeah. They're like, you know what? This is love. Anyways, so uh, anyway, uh, like I, I am not. I mean, they have not had a major update on on Paul Pelosi's condition, but he had uh, minor. Uh, I would people were saying brain surgery. I would argue it was cranial surgery because he was hit in the head. It wasn't. They didn't cut out a piece of his brain. It was you know he was injured in the skull, and that's uh, you know what it was. But it's a very serious thing, and this. The the ping pong like the the MAGA crowd immediately were like you could tell they were like uh oh incoming like they they knew this was not going to be um this this was not going to be Antifa um and in this particular case they say um if all you have is a hammer everything looks like a nail yes that's that's right um no that's not what this is that's terrible. Um, (laughs) he, um, fascinatingly enough, this, uh, this fellow, uh, seems to be a vacillating extremist. There's an article that came out this morning on, uh, the New York post. I believe that his, his stepdaughter accused him of sexually abusing his sons and his, uh, and her when they were young, like just a gnarly dude. And so being in San Francisco, extremist uh, views are really all not that crazy. Compared to the rest of the Republican Party, well, it's perfectly in line with it. Quite frankly, yeah. um, yesterday I went through 
um, on as we were getting news coming in on the morning show and then a little bit in the afternoon show, we went over what his blog page looks like. And I took a large PDF of the entire page's posts because you have to subscribe. That's how they get you. These lunatics. Um, You have to subscribe to get all the way into the post. But you could see his like preliminary few lines about what the post is going to be about and what he's citing as a source. And he, you know, he had a couple of Jimmy Dore videos in there. He had a couple of Jordan Petersons. Uh, he had a okay. he had a my favorite Joe Rogan uh, one, and then he had a series of uh, honestly the most blisteringly obvious part of the whole thing was the um, the the amount of how do I put this untoward illustrations of Jewish people that looked like they were from propaganda handouts in Germany in 1930. Like the the still the pictures he would use for the post, yeah, yeah, um, and yes, they took his Facebook down, and um, but his, you know, his his blog, his WordPress and blog, and all that stuff. Lot? Yes, they did. I think it's about time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that it survived as long as it did. I'm I'm beginning to think in some of these cases that they take them down simply to hide the fact that they they had been up this whole time because if you look at what's on there you're like and this is okay like how you know considering that think back to the number of people who've been broomed off of social media for breaking the terms of service right well-known people and um for for a myriad reasons from you know trump to mike pillow and by the way this guy cited mike pillow stuff on his site as well um, I mean, it's a it's obvious. I mean, the guy was like, I, I'm sad he didn't get a chance to discover uh, Russell Brand. They would have been he'd have he'd have, you know, fought crime and fallen in love. But um, and isn't I, it crazy it, that he didn't like die on the scene? I wonder why not. I wonder why they didn't just like shoot him immediately. I wonder what it was. I wonder. Well, I'm going to go with uh, he was wrestling with an old man and he had a hammer and they had to attack him. They had to. They, to get him to stop hammering the old man, they had to actually really? physically. They caught him. They caught him mid old man wrestling. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So story is, and this is pretty amazing. That's why this is why they they thanked the nine one one operator because Paul Paul Pelosi knew there was somebody in the house, called nine one one, put the phone in like his robe pocket so the guy wouldn't know he was on the phone with nine one one and was basically speaking in code because there's a crazy man in his house. And, you know, this this is San Francisco. This might happen all the time at the Pelosi household. This might be the third person that's wandered in. And he's the kind of guy. I know why my wife is always concealing the phone screen. That's right. Yeah, there's always a lump in her bathroom. Emergency services. That's right. So uh, this this guy's talking to uh, the 911 in code going, what are you doing in my house? What do you intend to do to me? Are you, you know, are you here to harm me? What is it? And the guy starts yelling. The reason they knew he said, um, you know, where's Nancy and all that kind of stuff is because the the operator heard it. The 911 operator heard it. She dispatched people. And then the guy apparently was going to like he had a hammer. He was going to tie up uh Pelosi and then, you know, I guess hammer him to death in front of Nancy and then do something. Okay, I'm crackling for some reason. I will fix you that. Sorry, guys. I'm, am I crackly? Why am I crackly? How did the crackly I happen? Know. I think All right. oh. dry rice in your pockets. That's what it is. Um, so, uh, anyways, this guy, 
essentially, hold on, maybe this will help. Uh, check, check one, check two. That should be a little better, hopefully. Maybe that was the cause of it. We don't know. Um, it does sound like a little, like a little bit of a digital streamy hiccupy. Huh. Huh. That's weird. Um, all right. Well, I will, I will tweak at that as we're going. Right. Okay. Anyways, so this guy, uh, it, so Paul Pelosi is talking to this guy. They hear it over the line and they sent, she sends, uh, you know, immediately she, I mean, I'm sure they have a red flag on this house considering who it is. So yeah. she goes like, that's the Pelosi house. Send cops immediately. So this sounds bad. And then, um, Sounds like a wider short. That's weird because I'm on a digital microphone. I'm yeah, the chat room is trying to help. It's terrific. Um, and anyways, in the in the process of this, uh, they come into the house and Paul Pelosi is effectively like wrestling the um, hammer away from him. Um, and uh, they jump. They basically like tackle the dude because he's hit Pelosi a couple of times. And, sure. uh, and take the hammer away from him, and then they basically are holding him, and then they take him away. So, um, overall, um, the guy being a nudist adds the weirdest spin in, to the story. Susie, Susie in the chat says, um, actually, it kind of doesn't, and I'll tell you why. This guy... He's a nudist? Well, he was a nudism activist for a period of time. And his girlfriend's kind of, uh, who he lives with, is kind of left-leaning, it seems. Like, she's got a Black Lives Matter sign on the house, and she's got a gay rights flag, that kind of stuff. Pretty mm. common uh, throughout that area. But he seems to be flopping there, uh, and what he's writing seems to be in complete contrast to that, what he believes and what he's done in the past. And I would like to remind everybody that um, Charles Manson wrote songs about peace and love while he was gathering his hippies around him. So, uh, super important to remember that as you do. Yes. So, um, yeah. Um, anyways, we got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. It's the House Park Radio Program, Mega Worldwide on WCPD Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. I will fix the audio thing when we come back. <laughs> You're locked into the House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Welcome back to the show. Uh, apologies if I have a little top uh, crackle at the top of my voice. I'm not quite sure where that is. It might just be biological at this point. We don't know. It could just be, the, you know, something in my throat or. Uh, uh, you're yeah. echoing now, too. <laughs> Let me say the crackle is better. Go back. Go back oh, to the boy. crackle. Stop the crackle. Attack of the crackle. I, I, how would, why would there be an echo? I don't even see it. That's so crazy. It's so silly. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll we'll figure that part of it out. That, yeah, there, I don't know where that's coming from. Um, all right. Uh, it will, it'll loop back. I think you've got two. The echo's gone. Okay, good. It was just temporary. Okay. Fine. All right. I hate when I have to audio panic in the middle of stuff. All right. So um, needless to say, we were talking about the Paul Pelosi attack. Um, this guy wrote a massive, uh, like, a, a constant diatribe about Fauci and vaccines. The 2020 election was stolen. The uh, uh, everything but the earth is flat. And the blame in all of this guy's posts goes to Jewish people. Oh, yeah. Duh. And uh, apparently 
the reason that Zelensky wants the war to go on is because he's Jewish and he wants to kill everybody so that they can sell the land because it's really just a big real estate deal. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's just gross. Like the uh, the dude is you know he I wouldn't say he's crazy, but he's definitely spun. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, right. Uh, and people are like, sounds like a fox fox. Your um, I agree, um, yeah. but. I think it's deeper than that. This guy reeks of YouTube. This guy reeks of right-wing and faux-aggressive YouTube. That's what he watches all the time. So what he watches is the right-wing stuff, like the hyper-right-wing stuff, MTG on rando, you know, Stu Peters show, that kind of stuff. And then he watches the allegedly left-wing things like Russell Brand and Jimmy Dore that say the exact same thing in sheep's clothing. And so they, you know, it reaffirms him that this is everywhere. And that's part of the issue that's going on right now. He's I'm sure he's all over bit shoot. Um, It's and again, uh, crazy is one thing. But this this guy is definitely aware of what he's doing, aware that he is, you know, doing something wrong. But the the question goes to and then again, let me restate this because I said this yesterday on my live stream at infotainmentwars.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, we we need to be even more um, stringent about the rules about calling for any kind of physical violence because I think people use it in like loosely conversational terms in the my parents are going to kill me if I'm late kind of language. Yeah. And then it seeps in because n- nobody really expects anybody on the left to act on it. Not the not Democratic left. I would say, like, if you're talking about like Antifa dudes with Molotovs and whatnot, sure. But the uh, but regularly um, these. I'm I'm sorry, I'm checking my microphone and it's uh, I feel like I'm going to like unplug and replug. Oh, I think he's unplugging and replugging and now I can't hear him. Oh, this is terrifying. Now it's all up to me. Can you hear me, Devin? I see how just pointed at me. I can't hear him either, Johnny. Uh, can you? No. I cannot. No, and some people say that it's, uh, have you hit it with the broom handle? That is, some people say it's on take so, the show, Johnny Million. Oh, check one, check one. There oh, I am. Oh, oh. Yeah, I fixed it. He fixed it. It was the Johnny Million show for a while, and I was talking about broom handles. Oh, and now you're gone again. Back to broom handle talk with Johnny Million. So anyway, it can be any kind of old broom handle. You don't even have, doesn't even have to be like one of those unscrewy. Oh, there we go. There we go. I don't know why that, it just seems to hate me right now. That was, okay, so that's an internet thing. Oh, now I'm too loud. Thanks, Carl. I'm the only thing you can hear. I'm all you've got. I don't care oh, yeah. a lot. Of yeah, it. right. That's right. Uh, maybe that's what the crackle is. It's your voice. You're too loud. The internet is yeah, uh, maybe. is protesting. That's they what I think. They can't handle broom handle talk. They cannot. Absolutely not. All right. I think we're better. Um. So anyways, welcome back. To, uh, I'm, I'm fine. We'll fix this uh, <laughs> as we go because that's how it works. Um. 
you know, I, I only run into a problem when everything's working fine until it isn't. <laughs> right? I think that's pretty consistent. So this, uh, the, the guy, you know, points to a major problem in the, in the Republican world right now is that when they, we can say, um, ah, I just want to kill that guy. And we're, we mean it in the same way, like if I'm home late, my parents are going to kill me. When the right says it, even if they do mean it that way, they are surrounded by open carry lunatics yep. who like to cosplay in parking lots near drop-off boxes with fully loaded handguns with bullets in the chamber. That's the difference. That's the that's the main issue. Um, and these guys have in uh, in no way um, are they able to. Um, sort of play around with that kind of language the way we are. And, and when we, like I said, there's a little bit of looseness around it. Like one of the things that keeps citing is uh, Maxine Waters telling people to get up in people's faces and tell them they're not welcome here in restaurants and that kind of stuff. And, and they play that clip over and over uh, as if she's asking for acts of violence when she is not, she's just saying, I'm, you know, you don't get to eat here among decent people. If you're not going to be a decent person, that's what she means. Right. But when they say it, they mean my buddy has a gun in his truck. And so they they hear everything that way. Again, you cannot you have to talk um, in terms of who you're trying to communicate to, not what you want to hear. That's a crucial part of this. So anyways, the this this dude in particular, I've said many times there is not going to be a civil war. I know people want it. I know people think that January 6th was just the opening salvo. It was not. It was a lame, failed attempt by one-sixteenth of the crowd that came to see Trump. The vast majority of the people that came to see Trump left the city disappointed and didn't, you know, talk about it except, like, I was there and I was downwind. This is disappointing. Yeah, right. They did. I mean, they essentially were like, he did well. We were expecting. As far as Pence. I can tell, we didn't hang one person. Right. Well, the idea was that Pence was going to do this, and let's expect him to. And it turns out Trump comes out and says he didn't do it. He's not going to. Uh, you know, he better do the right thing, but it doesn't look like he's going to. And we got to go make him do it. And then it turns out he didn't. And then there was all this violence. And they're like, "Yeah, see ya." The vast majority of even the 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 psycho maggots that showed up on that day that actually thought they could take back. The, um, you know, somehow take back the government for themselves and like install Trump like he's Xi Xi Jinping, right? The vast majority of those folks. Major appliance. Yeah. um, That you might hit with a broom handle. Oh, you're just going to keep adding in there? You did. (laughs) It's heartbreaking. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I feel bad taking uh, even mentioning the super chats when my mic doesn't work. It's terrible. Yeah. So thank you, Maxwell. Yeah. Thank you, Maxwell. Chat. I love your icon. There's a kitty. Carol uh, Cobb says that I'm ready for my own spinoff, but I, she's glad you're back. Cindy I agree. Walker wants I, to buy you a new mic. See, I GMB six two seven. I think I just need uh, to restart. Is all I think uh, the whole computer needs a restart. It sounds all right right now. Yeah, yeah, it got it. it woke up. I I fiddled with some things 
while I was talking. I was doing some – it's like Wizard of Oz. I'm over here throwing levers and pulling switches while, while trying to talk normally. Um, but in the uh, – and by the way, I agree Johnny is ready for his close-up. And uh, one of these days, if instead of doing a best of when I can't be there for the show, it needs to – I mean, he's got to – if Johnny takes calls. I think that's enough of a show. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. And it's just like trolls. Mm. Yeah. Who's that guy Got from it. Chicago who always calls in? Oh, Peter. It's all Peter all the time. Yeah. It's right. Peter from Chicago. And he's like, has a, I'll send like, you a bunch of, uh, I'll send you a bunch of recordings phones. of me saying, uh, there is no Hunter Biden laptop and you can just yeah. play that on a loop. You know what I mean? <laughs> That'll be my or drop. Can, that and fuck yeah, sounds. Yeah. You can, you can just keep playing like, You know, that kind of stuff in the background. Right. Um, you can't hear it? Okay, I'm sorry. That's Devin is such um, a buzzkill. He is. He just is. God. I, like, we don't what have do you, enough. What do you want, a good show? Yeah, really. Um, Jesus. So, More that's right. Handle. That's no. right. So, um, anyways, to finish this up, and before we go to our next break and try to salvage the show, um, this guy, David DePepe, uh, DePape, DePape, um, is uh he's 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 gonna be in jail for a very long time he i amongst the other crimes besides elder abuse burglar attempted burglary because i think he was he stole the rope he was going to tie him up with i don't know um and and attempted murder he's going to be uh away for a, a long time the danger of the the language you hear from the right and why I do not tolerate it on the left, from my point of view, is because it will never lead to a civil war. No one is out there. There's no Glenn Beck, Ben Shapiro rise up where one of them says, attack, and people do. Even if Trump does it, it's not happening. I'm telling you. But enough, we're a country of 340 million people. There are 20,000 lunatics in the country who are ambulatory and have a day job and enough money to buy implements of awful. And those are the people you you recognize are out there when you talk, when you speak about things. Yeah. Because those are the people that will get set off. There is not, I don't predict that there will be a Oklahoma City around this stuff, but there will be things like this guy. And the responsibility falls on those people who uh, who normalize the the you know violent talk. And therefore, uh, I will not. I'm not. It's not okay. I'm telling you. We'll be back right after this. It's the House Park Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. I was thinking of the immortal words of Socrates, who said, "I drink what? I drink what?" (laughs) Um, That's by the way, Gilmer, right there. Uh, David DePape lived in a school bus this is on his girlfriend's the... property. So her house I has the... fantasize about living on a school bus. Me too. But I, actually, it was more of a nightmare because there was a, <laughs> a, a, a an abandoned school bus that had been in an accident that killed a bunch of kids in the creek up from my house. This, in the, this sounds yeah. a little bit like um, zombie chicks from Biker Town. Well, yes, I did. I did shoot up a school bus um, with an Uzi. Um, you were blind, Hal. I was. I was a blind kid carrying an Uzi in Chopper Chicks in Zombie Town. So, I mean, 
Who what else did I say, say that? Chicks in Chopper Town? I said something wrong. I said mm-hmm. biker, not chopper. Mm-hmm. Damn near killed her. <laughs> Welcome back to the House Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Now, um, there, there are obviously uh, other news elements happening this week um, and, and that are important to get to. Um, but I think it's crucial that we recognize that uh, the world, as I was saying in the beginning, uh, did, didn't end. As we, and we'll talk to uh, Philip Bittner in the second hour about what's going on in, in Ukraine. But if you'll recall, at my count... There have been five, maybe maybe even six. We were going to push the Russians and the world was going to end. That if you don't mm. just let them attack, if you don't just let them seize the parts of Ukraine that they want, it's going to be nuclear Armageddon and we're all dead. Nucle- I mean, this is a, effectively nuclear blackmail was working on members you of do, the... Don't stand up to the bully. Exactly. Because and because if you just leave them alone, they'll stop there. You know, uh-huh. if you just stop pushing them, they'll simmer down and then we'll all normalize around them. It's like this weird, like 1950s idea of like a family sitting around and dad has just like raged at the family or mom's completely hammered and screaming at the chandelier and the rest of the family's just sitting there like eating their vegetables quietly going it's fine maybe just let them be and everything will be fine you know and god knows it always works out fine um but when it comes to the the russians it would behoove us to remember that this is not even the second time they have done this this is uh, you know, they do this, you know, if you're and this, I'm not including parts of Africa and Syria. But if you look at Chechnya and Georgia, that is the template for their expectations and their activities in Ukraine at the very least. And the idea is seize the ground, salami slice right. your way across the country, seize the useful parts, tax the parts or 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 I guess push the parts that you're not interested in out into the poverty-stricken areas, and basically starve the country over a decade where they, they'll actually look forward to you taking the place over. That's been, right. that's been the plan in Georgia to the point where after the attack, and I've shown this map on my show a couple of times, but after the first Georgia attack, they, they continue to just move their fence about every three months another 200 yards, and they just kept doing it mile after mile after mile, and they, to the point where they a the pipeline that comes from Azerbaijan that goes through Georgia um, is now in Russian control. It's on Russian land that they have legally seized. This is after this is years after the Georgian War that they did this, and it was about it wasn't about well it's a, it was a part of the USSR or uh, Azerbaijan's going to join NATO or any of that stuff. We need to, our security matters. It was so that. The pipeline was now on their turf, and therefore you had to pay them transit fees. And if they wanted to, if Turkey didn't do what they wanted or somebody else didn't want to do what they wanted, they could blow it up. And in this case, it wasn't even their oil. It was coming from Azerbaijan. So this is exactly the plan 
it, it, I mean, it's why they wanted Crimea other than, I guess, to vacation, which is amazing. Right. Because uh, I think again that. Well, no, I mean, as you have to know that these during the time it's been fascinating to watch as people have been evacuating or these like shots of things exploding in Crimea, um, either that were hit by Ukrainian HIMARS or that were blown up by a, I, I guess, a Russian soldier smoking too close to something that during that time, you know, the people that the footage shows people at the beach. They're insane. The footage is filmed by people vacationing in Crimea. Now, I understand Crimea being a vacation spot. It seems lovely. It does seem, however, very odd that you would continue to vacation in it when it is effectively an open war zone on someone else's territory that your country has declared. I mean, maybe the arrogance is, is that they're never going to we're going to take the whole country and they bought into the whole we're going to take this country in six days nonsense. And so they're like, time to hit the beach. But now you've got the you've got Vladimir Putin, you know, assembling 300,000 new soldiers. Eighty seven thousand have been sent to the front. The other 200 plus have been sent to training, which lasts all of six days. Those 87 that go to the front, 20,000 have been killed or captured already since the beginning of the mobilization. It's a, I mean, it's a meat grinder. They're just sending these folks in. So, yeah. but the idea is, and this is kind of goes to this guy, um, you know, being a, pro-Putin, anti-Ukraine, the the guy who attacked Paul Pelosi, and and the videos that he watched from Jimmy Dore were all, you know, uh, Putin said you had your chance, but now I'm going to destroy your country. That was one of the videos, and the and the other one is effectively blaming Zelensky and saying for some reason, I'm not quite sure why, the Jewish president of that country is uh, protecting Nazis and that all of the former allies, the all of NATO has decided, you know what? We were wrong. We take it back. The whole world war two thing was wrong. We're now on the side of Nazis. We haven't thought it through, but it just seems like a good flip. It, it should just be, you know, like on a dime, uh, every allied force just decided when, uh, by the way, I guess because Biden was in office, to suddenly support Nazis. The dude who ran against the idea that there are good people on both sides. This, uh, so, and so I, it's going to be important to pay attention to this, to the languaging around this, but almost everybody that I've seen talk about this, it talks about the, you know, the, the Russian attack and the potential for nuclear war in terms of let them have it. Let them have you, uh, these parts of Ukraine. They'll never move forward. And then we'll also, if they keep, if they take this as a sign that they can continue to do this in more of Georgia or in Chechnya, or eventually go after Azerbaijan and Armenia because they just want it. That, that's not our business. Just build that wall around ourselves, both diplomatically and uh, and geopolitically, and call it a day. This island, America. Yesterday, uh, there was one guy who was, I, I think he was on OAN, and he was talking about how they, not only do we need to close the, oh, it Gene Gene the Jesus Machine on Flashpoint was saying that Donald Trump needs to, uh, in his interview with him, Donald Trump said we need to close the border, not we need to keep all these illegals out, we need a strong border, we've moved past that. It is now close the border. 
everybody is done, right? This is it. No more brown people coming across it. They're coming from all over the world. They're, they're bringing crime. So therefore, sh- you know, the wall is there. Shut the gate. End of story. Nobody comes. That's it. And then this guy on OAN is saying, we need a, 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 a renewed Chinese exclusion act, which is you can't trust, uh, you know, because we just busted a bunch of Chinese spies, the FBI and all these guys ch- busted a bunch of Chinese spies that were operating in the university system that were um, going after Chinese dissidents living in the United States. And this guy was making the case we need we can't trust any of them. So we need a Chinese exclusion act and between this and the Muslim band. I'm. Yeah. And so so a Muslim ban, a, Chi- a, a renewed Chinese exclusion act, and we need to close the southern border. I'm seeing a trend in the current state of the Republican Party and what is considered OK dialogue within them. Um, now, granted, on the fringes of it. Yeah. Yeah. On the, I will leave that caveat in, because one thing I will say is that from Ted Cruz to Mitch McConnell, and I do think that's the arc currently of functioning senators, for example, on the right. I mean, Cruz is touring around in his bus and trying to be like uh, Fat Gates, but the the <laughs> but between them, they, he actually you know files bills and sits on committees and tries to pretend he's a real senator. Both of them. Um, decried the attack on Paul Pelosi in no uncertain terms and said, you know, they wish for they prayed for his fast healing and all that kind of stuff. So that's good. That's a good thing. That's reasonable. And it happened very quickly. But in the the in the in the soft language world of of the right right now, this is it is devolved into uh, straight up paranoia. It is just a, a matter of it, it reminds me of post 9-11 reaction to Muslims, except it's oh, everybody. Yeah. It's just everybody now. And. Uh, yeah. And, and I, I want to before we go to break, I want to remind everybody that there is an upside in some ways to that thinking because it becomes a self policing ideology. Hmm. The these folks are and the example I will give is the people who have been watching the polls while armed and masked. If we like, again, not poll watchers, I don't even know these people are American citizens. I would need proof you're wearing a mask and you're carrying a gun. How do I know you're not a cartel member, please? But anyways, let's assume these people are Americans and they certainly are not left leaning that, you know, they're sitting down there. Those folks have been watching these drop boxes night and day for weeks and they and they've been filming them and they're going to lose some of these races. They might win a couple, but they're going to lose on, and it'll match up largely with what the polls are saying here and there with some variance in it. And when they find no massive fraud, when they don't ever get on tape, some dude with a Santa sack full of Babbitt, ballots, <laughs> ballots, shoving them into the uh, into the drop box in the middle of the night, when they never end up with footage like that. And their candidate loses fair and square. What do you think is going to happen? Their own people are going to turn on them. Why didn't you see it? It must have happened. You were filming the whole time. No, you weren't there. That's right. They won't believe a word they're saying. And they will turn on their own. 
This is a self-policing ideology like any cult. It can't survive. And honest to God, it's one of the reasons why Antifa isn't technically a an organization or there aren't, you know, uh, you know, big revolutionary communist groups in the United States that last more than 18 weeks for the same reason. Because it, it these are self-policing cult ideologies. And the minute anybody says, well, I don't think that sounds right. They're out. They're a heretic. And anytime yeah. you get in a situation where somebody is heretical, simply for stating the truth, you, you're you're on the path to destroying your own organization. It's and so when these people, when they keep showing these folks sitting on these trucks and stuff, other than the fear that I, you know, the mild worry that one of these guys might be a lunatic likened to this David DePage dude or DePepe dude. That would that's the most of my worries. That's that's one of these guys popping off because he's just had it and he knows there's a crime there. So let me see inside your car. Let open up your trunk yeah. where he's holding somebody like that kind of thing. But it's not going to result in all of them rising up. And I would like to remind everybody that these pictures you're seeing of these guys, there's four of them, four men that you have seen over and over and over again. every in your feed. Every time you're scrolling, same four guys. But psychologically, there's an effect in social media that that's enough. There's a two different guys, two different guys, two different guys, two different guys, as if there's an army of these idiots out there. And there is not. There's a legitimate concern that one of these folks might pop off and that has to be watched. On the other side, uh, there are only six of these dudes. There's like eight in one state and five in another. There's more militia guys in Michigan than that. So I am not ready to you know, clamor about the destruction and the end of the world based on this kind of activity. When we've seen this in decades previous, we have. This is not the first year people invented the idea that that Mexicans were illegally voting in Arizona. This is not the first or the second or the fifth cycle. This stuff was, I heard about this, I remember hearing about this in LA in the 90s, and it wasn't true then. And there were lunatics in Orange County who were, you know, going to form a line around polling places and check. So remember, folks, if anything, this is to scare people, you know, they're intent, they're what they want to do is scare you away from voting. They want to make you scared to show up. And and that's by going, oh, my God, what if I go to the Dropbox and there's some guy with a gun and yeah. Well, then wave and smile at him as you drop your ballot in and go home. Because the second any of them do anything, their cause is dead in the water. And they know it. We got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. It's the House Parts Radio program, mega worldwide. Uh, you know, considering the audio issues, the show is uh, zipping by. It really is. Welcome back to the House Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Okay, Johnny, I have a pop, pop quiz, my friend. Pop quiz. Talk to me. Hot shot. Me. Hot shot. All right. If you have too much of something or not enough of something, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. one of those somethings would be more expensive if you were selling it? Something you have too much of or hmm. something you have 
too little of? What would the, it's a valuable thing. You need it. You need it. Seems, in it which, seems like this is an economics kind of question. And if it kind of is, demand, it's yeah, it's for something that is not readily available. That would be more expensive. Right. There you go. And then if you had, let's say if you just, you had a machine in your house that could just make all you wanted of something and you mm-hmm. had it quote unquote turned on all the time. And it just pumped the stuff out like a 3D printer, just going poop and like 24 seven and just making pile after pile of stuff. Your basement is filling up with it. Of house parts, bobblehead dolls. Yes, I'm listening. Oh, yes. No, those are always in demand. They get more expensive (laughs) the more there are because people want two. Um, So the um, so I'm obviously talking um, uh, about two particular items. One would be oil. The other would be the U.S. dollar. Now, Ooh. if you listen to the uh, you know, the econ- the regular slew of economists, short of I guess Jim Cramer, who burst into tears on the air this week because he was so wrong about Facebook stock. I'm not kidding. What? Did you, you you didn't happen to see that? No. Jim Cramer. Which way was he wrong? Uh, he thought it was a good bet, and it was not. Um, and again, I would argue, um, and you will find this out, that over time, there are going to be so many social media sites that none of them will be massively profitable the way the early ones have been because they ate up all the market share. And and probably the next big thing, and this is my prediction, the next big thing in social media will be a fusion website that you can be on multiple sites and it ties all your stuff together. And if you post, it posts to all of them. And, sure. and then within it, you have a, a community of people you regularly see that's like an inside WhatsApp conversation that doesn't go out to the other sites, like a DM within it. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm calling it, uh, you know, um, Sparky. And we'll just leave it there Ooh. just with an E on the end instead of a Y. Yeah. Anyways. So that's what's going to happen. I'm just uh, I'm just prognosticating. But. Um, oil, obviously, the amount of oil available in the world is shortened by 5 million barrels a day because Russia has been taken off market. And the, the price, uh, uh, you know, was, was driven up by this gap, you know, because if you have less of something and you need it, the price is going to go up. And it went up yeah. over $120 a barrel um, for a good stretch. And now it's hovering somewhere around 82 to $85 a barrel. And the so uh, the uh, the Saudis cannot afford it to go any lower. If 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 oil goes to seventy dollars a barrel, and I'm trying to explain why they did their OPEC move that had almost nothing to do with their relationship with the United States or anything like that. If it drops down to the actual price it's worth, which is forty dollars a barrel to extract it, and about twenty per barrel to uh, to send it about $60 a barrel, five bucks profit on each one. That's, mm-hmm. that's your reasonable base. You can't go any lower than that because you can't every, that $5 per barrel needs to go to paying dividends to whoever invested in the first place and exploration. Once a well runs out to find new ones, you can't go lower than that. So $65 a barrel, you get near there and oil companies and namely oil countries mm. start to crater. The United States 
is the largest producer of oil and natural natural gas in the United States. We don't have the biggest stores in the world. Venezuela has those. Saudi Arabia has been the biggest provider for a very long time, but they are quite frankly running out. Hmm. Not only can they not afford to uh, sell it any lower than the than for them, I would argue at their lifestyle level, eighty dollars a barrel. Once it goes below that, they are in trouble. They start shutting down yacht farms. They start mm-hmm. shutting down big, fancy skyscrapers. They start, you know, grounding, you know, golden planes. Once you hit $80 a barrel, this is why they're doing it. The other OPEC plus countries, they can fudge around. They can do 65, you know, 60. They're already, you know, they're so on top of it that they, that they don't need much from it. The Saudis absolutely do. So oil, they're going to fight to keep oil above $80 as long as they possibly can. And the only thing keeping it below that, quite frankly, is labor rates in the United States and in other Western countries that produce oil. And the fact that all these crews have been pulled out of Russia um, and repositioning them. A bunch of them are being moved. You know, if you used to work for Exxon in Russia, your whole family is being relocated to Texas, Alaska, North Carolina, the Gulf of Mexico, something like that. And it'll take you about six months to get tooled up and and out to a rig where you'll help increase output by about 3% or something at each one of these places. And that's where we will peak over. That's why they're expecting in 2023, U.S. output will be the highest it has ever been, somewhere in the order of 13 uh, million barrels a day. So, um, and the same thing with like natural gas. As soon as we don't need to send natural gas to Europe anymore. We're going to have too much of it. So it will be a deflationary pressure on natural gas. Um, on the other side, um, and, and there was a big talk this week about how Exxon's been gouging prices and, and the price of oil has come down, and therefore the oil companies need to pass those savings on to consumers. And Exxon was pushing back saying, we did pass it on in the form of dividends, our investors. And the investors in oil and gas, largely in the United States, are large pension funds. There's a bunch of individual investors. And then there's like these mm-hmm. market market groups where people invest in a broad spectrum of things, including oil and gas. And the dividend went up to, I think, the highest it's ever been. It spiked last month, largely because it dropped to n- next to nothing. You were not getting a dividend all of 2020 if that was your investment. And you're apt to, in that situation, if you live off your dividends, you're apt to take your investment out. So the promise of future dividends and the hot, keeping hot prices high mm-hmm. is what kept people in the stocks so that they wouldn't lose all their investment and not be able to explore. Okay, so that's the long and short of that one. On the other side of it, we hear, I've only got a minute to do this, it's terrible, but <laughs> the U.S. dollar, the U.S. dollar, if you listen to uh, you know economic geniuses like Glenn Beck or Ray Dalio, the U.S. dollar has supposed to, was supposed to cadaver a year ago. It's not worth anything. They turned on the money printer. Remember that? They turned on. When yep. we hit COVID, they turned on the money printer, um, which is like saying um, we, we spackled a hole in a wall that didn't exist. All these people are pretending that COVID never happened. All these economics people are walking around acting like they're going, you know, if you look at these markers, this is very similar to what happened in 2008, except in 2007, there wasn't a pandemic. There was no lead up. 
In eight, and this reminds me of the inflation of 1982. Where was the pandemic of 1980 and 81 then? It didn't exist. So the monetary, so looking at today's financial problems through a lens of previous regular economic bubbles is insane. It makes no sense. You are pretending that that problem never existed. You are the last time I I had a wound. It was on my arm and it was really bleeding a lot. So they put a tourniquet on my arm. Now I have a head wound. Let's see if a tourniquet on my neck will work. Because if a tourniquet worked last time, a tourniquet will work this time. That's I've had people walk out of me before, but not when I was being so charming. Video streaming at housefarms.com. Oh, I don't care for you if the people sludge you're trowling out. Damn, us faithful pimpstick. True progressive talk. Might be a good time for you guys to give up. Welcome back to the House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Now with 100% more Johnny Million and our dear friend Philip Bittner, who's uh, yeah, live yeah. in Ukraine. And that's mm-hmm. I, I like the live part, live and living. And um, so I and uh, it's a first of all, welcome. How you doing right out of the gate? Good. Hello. Fine. Fine. About three hours, not four, uh, about three hours of air raid sirens today. Uh, So uh, diminishing. Do you ever do you ever wake up hearing one and like reach for the alarm clock and try to snooze it by accident? Just start slapping. But you know what is kind of what is kind of funny is I sleep with my helmet now. <laughs> That's always just been so true, though. Let's so be it's like ready, but um, boom, hey. But uh, no, I've got it right ready to hand. So yeah. just in case, like you know, something happens, I can throw that on. And flak jacket really isn't gonna flak jacket isn't really gonna help you if you get hit with a with you if the building gets hit. But uh, keeping keeping the old uh, brain pan safe is mm-hmm. pretty important. So very important. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. we're glad your brain pan is intact. Before the break, yeah. you heard a little bit of it, but I was talking about um, that, like the U.S. dollar and the issue that's going forward, and people mm-hmm. going, "We're spending forty billion dollars, and we've had in Ukraine, and we've had this money printer turned on for whatever." You know, I like to be Land abundantly lease. clear. Yeah. Right. Land lease. Right. Yeah. We're we're going to get paid back by Ukraine. With interest for everything that they got. With interest. With interest. Didn't England just finish? The Brits only paid off their World War II land lease debt to us, I want to say, six years ago, within the last six years, something like that. Exactly. Uh, it was a moneymaker. It was a moneymaker for us. Um, it was just like 2008. And, and we got back. Yeah, we got back everything that we, we got back everything that we gave to Britain to, to defend democracy. Right. Um, yeah. You know, if that's if that's not enough for you, we got our we money made a back. Profit and on, we made a profit on defending democracy. What could be more yeah. American? But also <laughs> we the same thing happened in 2008. All the loans, even with the ones that failed, the, the ones that succeeded and were paid back early and had penalties for being paid back early because a lot of the banks wanted to get out from under the U.S. controls. Um, we made the, the Fed made money on it. Like they made yeah. money on well, the investments and stuff coming and, and the bailouts themselves. 
So, and when this country is not saddled with massive corruption created partly on purpose by the Russians, right. uh, not saddled with living under the thumb of the Russians, not only in terms of corruption, but in terms of their efficiency and what Moscow allowed them to do, um, mm-hmm. and when they cozy up closer to the massive uh, economic powerhouse that is the European Union, not to mention closer ties with the United States, the GDP of Ukraine is going to be enormous. Yes. It's, you know, there's going to be a reconstruction period. That, that's also got to be taken into consideration. But at yeah. some point, this country will easily rival the GDP of France or Germany. Easily. There's no question would- in my mind. I would argue resource-wise, both in uh, oil, gas, minerals, and stuff, it yeah. will, you could combine the two because of Germany kind Mil- of eating military its- industrial com- Military industrial complex, what a better advertisement for, for your hardware than a war. I'm right. not being glib about that. I mean, I'm, I'm 50% being glib about it, but the other 50% is, is, I mean, we do it. We sell our weapons in, in hot zones so that yeah. – People can see what they can do. So I'm only partly being glib about that. But military-industrial complex, uh, IT is enormous here. Very well-educated and capable uh, people in that yes. sector. Agribusiness, um, uh, you know, uh, just the sheer size of the place uh, and the right. things that they will be able to deliver. This is – and, I, you know, I've said it before. I think part of the reason why the Germans were a little bit reluctant to, uh, to, to jump in and support Ukraine, and this is only my personal opinion, is – and knowing the history of Ukraine and broader relations within Europe, a lot of people have been very scared of a united, powerful Ukraine. It is an enormous country when it comes to European standards. And mm-hmm. uh, it's going to give both Germany and France a run for its money within the European Union. And even if the Brits do come back into the EU, it's still going to be one of the most powerful nations on the continent. Agreed, hands down. Agreed. So we're right. going to get our money back just fine. Yeah. it's and And it's fascinating to me that it has value even if we didn't. But that is the reassurance yeah. for the people who think that there's, there's it, also that added extra benefit of defending liberal democracy yeah, and crazy. shutting down the swelling uh, of, uh, you know, the, the growing threat that is autocracy around the globe. But exactly. yeah, let's put that aside and fixate on money. Sure. Um, so I'm I'm fascinated by um, the the kind of multiple attempts by the Russians to use uh, nuclear blackmail to stifle, mm-hmm. like to basically stop the world from yeah. uh, pushing back on what they're doing. I have said for a while now that I believe that they view MAD, Mutual Assured Destruction, not as a, a as a sort of Mexican standoff, for lack of a better phrase, of, of like, okay, nobody do anything because we're all pointing at each other to mm-hmm. anything short of pulling this trigger. I can, I can like literally while we're doing this, I can use my other hand to steal what you got. Yeah. I can, I can choke somebody. I can punch somebody. As long as I don't drop my gun, it covers all the other, anything shy of pulling the trigger. You guys just have to let me do it because mm-hmm. if you don't, I'll pull the trigger. And that, yeah. that has been the argument for quite some time, which is not, I would say a, uh, um, a, a fair place to come from. That is not, suffice to say a a legit argument for calling something peace no 
I, I'm chuckling because I'm remembering there's a wonderful Saturday Night Live skit with Steve Martin where mm-hmm. it's back in the olden days of, of football, the very you know turn of the century kind of leather helmets and all the rest of it. Right. And, uh, and, and they, it's a fake documentary, and they're talking about the most dangerous quarterback on the field with the Steve Martin character because they called him Jimmy the Gun McKirk or whatever it right. was. Well, it'll be one part because he had a heck of a throwing arm, and the second was because he brought a revolver onto the field. <laughs> scared right. the linemen. Rush me! I dare you! Rush me! Who's gonna? <laughs> right. Who's gonna? You know. Right. And it's the same. It's the same thing. If we let him, if we let the Russians, him, not because Russia isn't just Putin. If we let the Russians um, uh, intimidate us into abandoning uh, a country that so clearly wants to break free from autocracy and join the family of liberal democracy nations, then what happens that when when they they, they chuck out when they create a, a Russian supporting party in Estonia and, right. um, and, 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 and subvert the government there and install their own puppet government, which down the road, you know, does a false vote like they do so many times. And suddenly we lost Estonia. Are we just mm-hmm. going to, and, and then they say, don't do anything about it. We've got nukes. Right. It just, it, it's a bully. It's the bully thing. It's the bully right. thing. Unless you stand up to a bully, he's just going to keep bullying you. And that's Agreed. exactly what they're doing. And they're really counting on it because they know they're losing in the field. And uh, it's their only it's their it's the only thing they've got going for them short of losing this war. And losing this war is going to be a really damaging, humiliating thing, not only just humiliating, but it's going to be really damaging to Russia. Um, but, you know, it's it sounds so schoolyard stuff, but you started it. You started right. it. Well, that's, a, you, you know? know, that's I see that. I see a lot of that on the Telegram channels that I follow around, uh, you know, the Russian Ukrainian channels, both pro and against and stuff, just to watch their kind of language. And uh, interestingly enough, the, the Russian one is full of sort of signed off on propaganda language, Nazism, Satanism, uh, mm-hmm. woke West, blah, blah, blah. And then mm-hmm. on from the Ukrainian side, it's about uh, the strength of the people. They're fighting for their freedom. And you should have never set foot on my land, which is interesting to me that the right doesn't seem to be more in line with that, because it seems like a, a international version of castle doctrine that they could sort of grasp. Right. States rights. That, States rights. Yeah. You'd think, <laughs> Just right? To be but, a, yeah. Hmm. Right. Well, it's interesting that they're uh, they're saying, why don't why are we worried about a border over there when we're not worried about our own border? Well, first of all, we are and we have an entire system set up. It needs to be funded better. And they're the ones standing in between that. But on the other hand, why do you care so much? What? Why is our border the only one that matters? Do you not recognize that if borders across Europe, for example, start falling apart? Where do you think everybody runs in that particular case? They run to the one country that only has two borders, us. Yeah. That, that's, well, and, also, and also, we're so integrated with the European Union to, 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 mm-hmm. to think that what happens here won't have an effect on us back in the States is, is 19th century thinking, literally 19th century, not even 20th yes. century, because even, mm-hmm. even we even recognized as horrible as World War One and Two were that eventually we had to get pulled in because what happens here 
down the road will affect what happens uh, domestically in the United States. And I think that's 100% true. We talk about the growth of autocracy. We talk about Autocracy Inc., this kind of network of uh, autocracies that seem to be trying to subvert liberal democracies and kind of assist one another, where it's the DPRK or Iran or even Hungary to a certain extent being drawn into that. Um, you don't you, you think that's going to stop at any time soon? Or do we have to finally draw right. a line in the sand and say, no, Ukraine wants to be a liberal democracy. Ukraine has the capacity to be a liberal democracy. It's not going to take as much work as, say, Iraq would have been or Afghanistan would have been right as and I don't want to fixate on those, but we could pick another country. But the point is, Ukraine is able and willing uh, and has it within itself to to really fast track getting into a solid democracy. Um, And are we just going to say, no, it's too much trouble and let them fall to Putin's threats and belligerency and 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 then that it's just going to spread further and further and further no it has to be stopped here when and when you're when you're a uh a a predatory capitalist like the republicans like to see them at selves as they see take that as a pride point it is uh, it is the effect of like uh the the trump kids going to kill animals that are either staked or fenced in that if you have a country that's on its heels it is easier to be a, pe- a predatory capitalist in that area because they don't have any recourse. They, yeah. they, you know, they can't fight back because they're under somebody else's thumb. But if they can stand on their own, you have to negotiate with them in good faith. And none of them are good at that. That takes real business acumen. That takes genuine art of the deal mentality as opposed to the stuff that's in that book. So it, we got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. It's the House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide on WCPT Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. Don't forget, infotainmentwars.com or twitch.tv slash houseparks. If you subscribe, it helps us out. We'll be back. I know I'm only on one day a week. I get it. I'm going to have to jump on uh, GarageBand and start sawing something together. This is the House Park Show. And a guitar note. And then progressive. And all. Yeah, it's going to be good. Hey, how? Did you mean something like this? This is the House Park Show. And a guitar note. And then progressive. And all. Yeah, it's going to be good. The House Park's radio program, Mega Worldwide. Yeah, it's going to be good. I'm trying to think if it's the song Synchronicity, um, but there's one of the big police hits. The guitar is so out of tune. I find it maddening. Um, and and it, you can only it's a lot of individual strings picking and it sounds fine. And then when they play a chord, you're like they're out of t- tune with each other, but they didn't fix it. And it drives me mad. And it sounds so much like that guitar chord nah. sample that Devin put in that I, I can only think of like police songs when that happens. Now, Philip Itner's <laughs> with us. Philip Itner is on Twitter at Philip Itner, one L, two T's. Even even in the must apocalypse, we're still on Twitter. Oh dear. Oh the the, <laughs> uh, the wailing and the gnashing of teeth. What shall we ever do now that Elon Musk, the guy behind SpaceX and and Tesla is now in charge of Twitter and has decided to invest in something uh, as a Dogecoin filtration system, apparently. That's, oh, by the way, that's the way this is going. I'm, I'm going to let everybody know. That's why he did it. 
He's going to, you're going to buy and sell items on, uh, on Twitter and the, the currency will be doge because he's heavily invested in it. And then he's going to get uh, some sort of big like um, SEC violation. And that'll be that. So I, I go through this list all the time just to keep up with this. And I want to share this with you, Philip Bittner, with our, with our listeners. Um, so far, as of October 29th, this is the list of losses in the, from the Russian army in Ukraine, 70,250 troops, 2,659 tanks, 5,401 uh, armored personnel vehicles, 1,708 artillery units, 380 MLRSs, 195 anti-aircraft uh, warfare weapons, 273 planes, 252 helicopters, 16 boats, including the Moskva, 1,406 UAVs, 152 special equipments, uh, which is just like uh, anything from tow trucks to buses, whatever they use to move people around. They're borrowing school buses to bring troops in. I think that would be included in special. Um, 4,107 vehicles and fuel tanks and 351 cruise missiles have been shot out of the sky. Mm-hmm. Imagine if those had reached their targets, by the way. Oof. And this is, by the way, this is from the Kiev Independent, where in the beginning, many people thought that the Kiev Independent and the and Ukrainians were overcounting the numbers. Uh, they are now, because they're winning so handily in a lot of these areas, they are undercounting. They are being more cautious with their numbers. The, 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 the numbers that the Russians come for, if you watch any of the telegram channels where they list it from the Russians, the numbers the Russians are coming up are slightly higher in all categories. There's like eight more airplanes and 10 more helicopters and uh, 3,000 more dead troops and like, and, and God knows how many casualties because they don't care. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 you know, the, this is, and again, the Russians lost, the, the U.S. lost 4,500 uh, um, troops in 20 years in Afghanistan. Um, and, and Iraq. Um, the Russians lost, I want to say, somewhere between twelve and 14,000 in 10 years in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. It's been seven months. Yeah. Like nine yeah. months since full, full no. articulation. Like they rolled in, and then and basically a month later, that's when the, the Ukrainians were able to full-on push back in a major way. Yeah. And the war turned all in it. April. Yes, yeah. we, we can all see it. We can see the advances the Ukrainians are making. We can see the Russian military surrendering and abandoning positions and and tanks. I mean, the Ukrainians have more tanks now than when they started the war uh, the hell? That, right. they, that they that they captured from the Russians. And I, I'm, I mean, of course, they received a lot more tanks and stuff from NATO member states that had. Soviet style, Russian style right. uh, weaponry that they then transferred to Ukraine. So you get a right. boost there. But um, I mean, even before the massive number, because you, do you remember the period of this war where they were like, no, don't send armor. We can send defensive stuff. We can send artillery, but don't send tanks. Don't send right. planes. Don't send That'll be too provocative. Right. Yeah, to only send defensive stuff. And they were still building up their numbers of tanks. So a lot of that comes from them actually capturing surrender tanks because the Russians 
just run. Uh, well, they don't mm-hmm. have it in them. They're poorly led, poorly you know supplied, and They're all the rushing rest of it. in the and wrong direction. Their, hey, uh, hey, and that was and that was you know uh, that was before uh, the Ukrainians destroyed their frontline, you know, first-rate soldiers. Now they're dealing with these guys who have been drawn up by their their mobilization or they're facing Wagner Group guys um, uh, or Kadyrov guys. And there's just they're, – they're, they're going into a mate grinder. The Russians are just – it's like when you get – it's one of those situations, I think, for the Russians where – you it's it's the the it's it's a money pit it's a you know follow, follow, you know chasing uh bad money with yes. good it, they just yes. doubling down and doubling down and they doubling now because they don't know what else to do short of chucking a nuke which would be devastating for them mm-hmm. um i mean they use a nuke and it's done yeah they use a nuke and nato is is in here directly involved in this fight and nobody in the world is going to say Boo about it because right. you'll have well the Chinese. You know, I will say the biggest thing is Ukrainians. The Chinese are out and the Iranians are out the minute that happens because Iran knows that Israel is not afraid to strike them. And if mm-hmm. they if they're in with somebody who did a nuclear strike and they stand with somebody who did a nuclear strike, Israel will use that as a reason to say the regime of Iran is uh, will do nuclear strikes and therefore we're just going to help them out of self-defense because obviously they're okay with this going forward. And that's, that'll happen in an evening. The Chinese cannot afford right now anything, but they certainly can't afford to be siding with um, when they need the West to supply them with food and energy until like for the next 35 years, they have to do some kind of business until they get on their feet or, or arrest their, their, their declining um, population they cannot side with Russia in that attack. If they do that, then the, the United States will say, well, they sided with the Russians and therefore Taiwan is definitely in danger. Therefore, we're just going to circle the place with nuclear submarines till the cows come home. And they know that they can't stand with it. So uh, suddenly Russia is alone the second they do that. And they're allegedly and this is the crazy part, bombing territory that's supposedly theirs and full of their people who wish to be free of the Ukrainian of Kiev. And like, it's just being forced to go to gay, gay pride marches and all the rest of it. Right. Poor Ukrainians. Let's nuke them. Um, Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think it was, I think it was general U S general Ben Hodges uh, recently when he was, cause every, I tell you what, (laughs) trust me, Hal, this is a topic of conversation with anybody and everybody that I talk to. One of the first questions they ask is nukes, nukes, nukes. Mm-hmm. And Hodges Hodges made the point, and Hodges was commanding general of uh, NATO armed forces in Europe. I mean, he's second, you know, after the commander of all uh, NATO forces in Europe, he's he was the guy. Yeah. And he made the point when all this conversation about nukes being used, he said, you as a, as a general, especially as a land based general, I had an ar- I had a whole bunch of different tools in my toolbox, and mm-hmm. and one tool was a screwdriver, and it could be you know it was good on 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 screws, but not very good with nails. So you needed a hammer to take care of the nails, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the, the my, my nuclear tool, uh, I have to be very close because I'm, I'm I fumbled nuclear once last time we mm-hmm. chatted and everybody jumped on me. Anyhow, mm-hmm. Hodges Hodges said the one thing that the the tool in my toolbox that was uh, nuclear weapons uh, was deterrence. That's it. That's the only right. if I if I've used it, then I have misused the tool 
that I have been given. And to mm-hmm. use it for anything other than deterrence was a misuse of my tool. And it basically is now an ineffectual tool. Once, once, mm-hmm. that, once that bell has been rung, you can't unring it. It's only good for deterrence. And the, and the Russians have been using it for deterrence. We're deathly mm-hmm. afraid of them nuking um, a town in Ukraine uh, or anywhere else for that matter. Um, but the, they know it just as well as anybody else that once right. you do it, you're done. You can't. That's yeah. it. That's it. It's, yeah. You cross right. that. You cross that line and you can't walk it back. Yeah, there's so, no situation. We got to take a break, but when there, there's no situation where normalization with the rest of the world happens after that fact, especially when you do it in you invaded, you started losing, you decided to nuke territory, you said you were freeing. Like none of it makes any sense, and there's no situation where all right, I mean, maybe Intel will make a deal with them, and like next year to open a factory so your people can work, and maybe we'll send farm equipment to help you out. That. All of that vanishes in an afternoon. And that is more devastating than even us striking back because ultimately we catch the wind from any kind of nuclear, you know, massive nuclear exchange. But the end of normalized relationships forever happen Mm -hmm. until a complete turnover in regime and everything. And that even then people are like, I don't trust it. We got to we're going to need two generations of people before I'm going to trust those guys again. We got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. This is Damian Perdue of Think Theory Radio, Saturdays at 6 p.m. You're listening to Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Uh, I thought there was going to be like a new one every break. I was so excited. You want more, Hal? We'll give you more. Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide on Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCBT 820. hoo You know, uh, as uh, Gen Xers, all three of us have been talking about the end of the world since we were toddlers. And uh, because it's always been on its way. And we've been through the nuclear scare multiple times um, over our lifetimes. Uh, many of us learned to hide under our desk. Um, the old fashioned metal ones with the wooden tops, which if you don't know, in, a, in case of a nuclear war, the desk is designed to melt all around you. And the top of it turns into a little handle and it basically becomes an urn. And uh, that's why they have you hide <laughs> under your desk. Little did you know. But so um, the you know, the the idea that they're going to use. Uh, you know, a tactical nuclear weapon or a dirty bomb or even talking about a dirty bomb, that idea. There's been a back and forth about, you know, the Russians telegraph what they're going to do by accusing someone else of planning it so that if it happens, everybody there'll be enough suspicion in in their, you know, in their own 50 cent army. You know, the trolls that are there that are paid 50 cents a jab on social media and the like, or they're paid influencers or they're paid journalists who will uh, go, well, yeah, but really, who really did this? Because they were saying this was going to happen. And so, of course, this is the perfect time for them to hide that kind of stuff. So the one of the things that happened was this. Remember the doomsday sub that disappeared? The Belgorod, the, the this this super sub that everyone's mm-hmm. like, it disappeared yeah. from its port. Nobody knows where it is. And this thing can park right off of Washington, D.C., and just sit there. And, oh, God, and it's uh, it's got bus-sized nuclear missiles, which I'm sure no one will this. see. When was this? This was October yeah, 2nd, I say. 1st, yeah. October 1st, something like that. So it sits Six in port, ago, basically. Yeah, and basically they just sent it out of port to scare everybody. That was the purpose. Mm-hmm. They, they were like, let's just launch the sub and submerge it, 
and make everybody nervous. Well, it was spotted four days later, tooling around the Arctic right near its port. Didn't go anywhere, largely because it can't. That it, it, it is so big and so noisy that everybody, because it's not as well constructed as everybody thought, that it literally creaks and all sonar can pick it up. They can't send it into the waters of other countries because its size makes it wretch. It goes like the pressure. It's in one of the noisiest submarines out there. And it's supposed to be their secret tactical weapon. And it's been spotted, not even submerged. It's tooling around the Arctic above water. Which means, do they have pressurization problems? Are they afraid if they submerge it for long that the seals will break and the thing will sink? And then what? Then they've got to explain where, I don't know, 35 to 100 you know, Russian Marine soldiers went all of a sudden. Uh, we have to. Yeah, that, someone... didn't, yeah that, didn't, that didn't work out too well with Vlad, for Vladimir Putin when the Kursk went down. I was, I was in Russia when the Kursk yeah. went down, and it was, one, it was one of the major failures. I think it was a learning experience for Putin because he, 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 he faced the wrath of the Russian people because he did not handle that very well. And, right. And, um, you know, he never, he never, he has, to my mind, never gone and put himself into a situation like that. Uh, mm-hmm. where he had to actually answer to people who lost their sons and uh, husbands and, and what have you. So, right. Um, yeah, there's the <laughs> Russia's Russia's Navy is um, is less than impressive. And that's being well, the, diplomatic. Well, taken on their word, the the mosque bus sunk itself. Yeah. Right. Right. And, I, I was, and, and the. The three plumes of smoke that we saw just this morning coming from Sevastopol, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, obviously that had nothing to do with anything. Although even now the Russians are admitting uh, that it was interesting. I, we haven't talked about this, but OK, so no. those of you who haven't seen the news, there mm-hmm. was there was a series of explosions at the uh, Black Sea Fleet headquarters on the Crimean Peninsula. One of the primary motivations for them trying to conquer and hold I on to Crimea there you go. Um, is uh, is is that uh, that's where their Black Sea fleet, and they only have four and a half fleets uh, in total. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. they even now admit uh, that they were struck. It appears by a drone, and at least one of their missile frigates were were taken out of operation. I think it was a missile frigate. It could have been a land. It could have been a minesweeper. Anyhow, regardless. Um, a frigate-sized ship was struck and is no longer operable. Now, I bring that up for a variety of reasons. One, because it, it was it was not believed that the Ukrainians had the capacity to hit that far, even after the bridge, the Kerch Bridge. Mm-hmm. To hit a military installation like that uh, it was was not expected. Um, uh, and, and secondly, I bring it up because also subsequent to that, the Russians have now said, well, we're not going to abide by the rule of sending grain out of mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, the port of Odessa anymore because you guys struck one of our ships, which, okay, you know, you, that's within your right to do, but mm-hmm. it just reveals that it never has anything to do with these bigger issues. It has everything right. to do with 
with punishing the Ukrainians, subjugating this country, if they really cared about the global potential hunger crisis, it wouldn't matter what the Ukrainians hit. They would continue to ship grain to Southeast Asia and to Sub-Saharan Africa. Um, but Look, they don't. If Germany was the breadbasket of Europe, during the uh, the lead up to World War II, and the, the Allies and everybody, the only reason you would stop grain coming out of uh, Nazi Germany at that time is if it was poisoned, and the Nazis were planning on eliminating anybody who wasn't of German descent with poisoned grain. The, because the whole point is, you don't want the Germans to be the last people on Earth, right? That's the that was what they wanted. So the same thing with like the Russians. The only reason if if Russia believed any of this crap about Ukraine being full of Nazis, the only reason they would stop the grain going out is because we believe the Nazis in Ukraine are trying to kill everybody on the planet because they are, they are you know, white supremacists. Or if it was, about Na- or if it was really about NATO expansion, then, then why aren't they pulling yeah. their hair out? Na- about, NATO you know, expanding it, their waistline two, with yeah. carbohydrates. Yeah, well, <laughs> with with two no two new uh, NATO member states, I don't see them crying much about Finland. Uh, right. You know, it's not it's not about anything other than they can't see their their colony, their first and most important colony, um, being wrested out of their control and out of their hands. They are, mm-hmm. they they cannot uh, they cannot comprehend that the world has moved beyond, beyond uh, colonialism and imperialism. Uh, and they think that they can just grab Ukraine, uh, their first and most important colony, and return it to the fold um, because that's what Lenin did. That's what, I mean, this is a really important, uh, not only in terms of like territory but and their, their, their strategic depth. And people have argued about why Putin has done this. But at the end mm-hmm. of the day, I think so much of this is because this is intrinsic to their sense of identity. Ukraine being their, their, their sense of empire, their sense of being able to spread yeah. the, their sense of Slavic identity around the world is really important to their, their sense of identity of self. And so when they lose Ukraine, which they are about to do, they will have nothing else but to look in the mirror. And there are a hundred different reasons for why that's happened, but I think that that's an important part of it. And they keep throwing it. They didn't, you know, they tried the denazification thing. There are clearly no Nazis in control of this country. So now right. they have moved to de-Satanization. De- right. You know, it's... Which, you know, which is... Really difficult to do. Anybody who's, uh, I mean, if anybody knows a good exterminator, you know, DM me, but for God's sake. Um, so, and by the way, those, for those who haven't caught, uh, don't know the, the story that we're talking about in terms of the drone attack, um, the, um, nine drones attacked a, a, a small fleet of, of Russian ships, um, including the, you know, taking down the one that, uh, Philip was talking about. Um, Ukraine has not commented on this, but the Russians have said, that the that British soldiers and the UK were involved in this drone attack, and and they are accusing those same people of being uh, in charge of the attack on the Nord Stream now. Hmm. So, which by They're the way, was, which I mean, they got to do it with anybody, right? Anybody who attacks Russia must have been the one that did that. And again, I still stick with the idea that they used a pig and blew it up themselves. A pig is a pipeline inspection gauge gadget, whatever you want to call it. And they loaded it with explosives and they dragged it out there and they blew it up in international waters near to, you know, away from their coast because the pipeline is full of gas. The only way to empty it is to vent it back out their way because Germany's 
Germany's not going to do it um, on their end. And you've got this giant pressurized tube full of gas that if it goes, it blows up your entire you know, pumping station and you're, and, and the Russian guys who would know how to vent that pipe, pipe out and empty it on your side are all being killed in the Donbass right now. They sent all their techs. So yeah, what and, do you do? And unlike, and unlike their argument that Ukraine would create a dirty bomb or even nuke itself, how it got a nuke after the Budapest memorandum, you know, agreement, I don't know. But right. their argument that the Ukrainians would use something on their its own territory in, and then pin it on the Russians, that uh, you know, that makes absolutely no strategic point because the Ukrainians already have the international community on side. They don't need to show any more. Uh, kind of harsh uh, uh, development on the ground here. We've seen Bucha, we've seen Izium, we've seen um, mm-hmm. all the, the atrocities the Russians have conducted. So there's no motivation for the for the Ukrainians to do that. However, there's a lot of reasons why the Russians would want to blow the Nord Stream. Not only the fact that it was about to blow up on its own because of the the the, the back uh, the, the the backfill uh, mm-hmm. of natural gas, but also because it it crosses a Rubicon, so that anybody who even thought of of negotiating with the West um, and using uh, energy. And, and the flow of natural gas as a bargaining chip in negotiations, well, that's right. gone now, too. So that makes strategic interest for those people internally within Russia, whereas the Ukrainians have absolutely no reason to blow up with a nuke their own country. So this false flag sense that the Russians keep throwing around about what they think the or what they're telegraphing they think the Ukrainians are going to do. Right really says more about them than it does about the Ukraine. Also, I think the chances of, of them actually doing it, um, they know are, it's impossible or ridiculous, but the possibility of the Ukrainians doing it, that they float, like something like a dirty bomb, then therefore justifies to some degree the mass graves you're seeing, or look who we're fighting against. So even if that exchange never happens, a chemical weapon, a bioweapon, all the things they've been warning about over, the, you know, that Ukraine's going to do to us, or we're going to, or NATO's going to fire into our country, any of that stuff. So therefore... Because we feel this threat, even before it happens, we have the right to preemptively murder women and children and bury them in shallow graves around uh, Kharkiv because look who we're up against. That's, Mm -hmm. I think, more so than their actual belief that they're going to have this kind of nuclear exchange or do any of this stuff is it gives them uh, like leeway to do anything short of that. Again, the mutual assured destruction as a umbrella that they're going to attack us. So if we have to shoot their soldiers in the head while their hands are tied behind their back. It's because we're trying to prevent them from hitting us with a nuclear weapon. That's, that's the belief. That's, that's the sales pitch. I think less than the fact that they're going to come back. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nuts. Um, That said, it's interesting that they're bringing the UK into this right as, you know, Liz Truss, who was, you know, maybe going to dial back support a little bit, steps aside and Sunak steps in and says, no, we're a hundred percent behind uh, Ukraine. All of a sudden it's like, well, the UK was in on this, you know, that, that, that minor yeah. turn never affected it. We got it. Let's take a break. It also, it also comes just yeah. as Iranian trainers are in Crimea teaching them how to use drones. So, right. Yeah. So that, that's their way of fake balancing it out. Well, I mean, they're doing it. So we're doing it. It's, it's the, what about uh, propaganda mm-hmm. attack. When we come back, uh, it's our happy ending. We're going to ask some questions from the chat room uh, that Johnny's been uh, gathering. We'll be back right after some. this. It's excellent. It's the House Parks Radio Program, Mega World. Stay tuned for the lightning round. We'll be back right after this. Mm-hmm. 
are happy, let us be happy together. Whether the weather is cloudy or sunny, I will always be a funny honey bunny. I am lucky, you are lucky, let us get lucky together. Whether the weather is cloudy or breezy, I'll be there to say, hey, come on, let's take it easy. Because isn't it nice to have the friends that you do? And isn't it nice that the sky is so blue? And isn't it nice to say I love you? Chugga, chugga, choo, choo, woo. I am smiling, you are smiling, let us smile together. Whether the weather is cloudy or stormy, I will still be there in the morning. I'll be right by your side in the morning. I'll make you breakfast in the morning. I hope that you like cereal. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Hooray! Welcome back. So uh, we were talking during the break. It is great. Uh, we were talking during the break about this uh, Russian mountain base that uh, the Ukrainians have apparently uh, reclaimed that's like the Red Skull's place. No, 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 no. In- the, the, oh, the right. Russians have reclaimed it. The Russians have rebuilt it in Sevastopol. I mean, yeah, the, and so, the Russians, yeah. Yeah, they'll right. still be able to have subs at Sevastopol, but their surface fleet will have to pull back, and I think that's a big part of why they, they gotcha. did this attack today. And it might have something also to do with the fact that the Battle of Kherson is, is almost upon us, almost upon us. And they've dug right. in, and it looks like the Russians are going to put up a fight. They're going to lose that fight. But Kherson is, is – look, just everybody who is listening right now, just be prepared. Kherson is going to mm. be nasty. Yeah. It's going to be tough. Yeah. And if, you um, left, and if you left the surface fleet within range of Kherson, um, even with the ability the Ukrainians have to sink surface ships, um, it, it just it, – it wouldn't be good. Uh, but Kherson is about to kick off. Anyhow, so, yep, agree. Uh, on that let's note, some questions. questions on that. Yeah, right. Let's have some yeah, questions. On that happy note, is from, it's supposed uh, to be the happy the ending. Mm-hmm. My first question is from the prof. Ask Phil how much of Ukraine remains undestroyed. Oh, huge swaths. Yeah. Huge swaths. Um, uh, the east is uh, the east is in bad shape. Um, uh, I have driven all around kind of Kiev. I've been, I've been down south in Odessa and, um, uh, I, I haven't gone down to Kherson. I'm, I'm toying with getting out to Kharkiv soon. Um, but the, the, the conflict zone that's out in the east is not comparable to what's, what's happening in the center or in the west of the country. Um, the, you know, the, the, Kiev and the surrounding areas took a real beating at the beginning of the war. Odessa continues to fall under attack. Heck, we continue to fall under attack. But by and large, um, there are huge parts of this country that have gone relatively untouched. I mean, I, I think about Lviv. I think about Ivano-Frankivsk. Uh, you know, these are these are decent-sized cities, uh, and they haven't fallen under attack uh, in any major sense. So, um they just it's it's partly due to ukrainian anti air defense systems uh and it's partly to do with the fact that the russians are crap pardon my french mm-hmm. well and they they haven't really had to be anything short of that because they've been given a lot of you know a lot of leash for a very long time you know in in 2014 when they first entered the crimean peninsula and all that they had there was a in 1997 there was an agreement between ukraine mm-hmm. and uh, Ukraine and, and Russia that said they could have, I think, something like 25,000 troops in Ukraine or in Crimea, in the Crimean area yes. around because they have a military base there and they could move people right. around and they'd have to coordinate like like the, Guantanamo Bay or like right. Diego Garcia. Exactly. And they were supposed to coordinate with the Ukrainians. And then all of a sudden, one day they just stopped and then they attacked. And then those troops that were hanging out there doing their thing suddenly set up 
positions and started firing on people. They started, you know, claiming those areas and and driving anybody who tried to stop them back with gunfire. And and that's, you know, now the Ukrainian, the Ukrainian Marine forces and the ground forces that were there in Sevastopol wisely said, you know, no, we're going to just leave. We'll lay down our weapons and leave, which is a really smart thing for them to have done in 2014 because now they can come back with a vengeance. Exactly. And they're all alive to fight. Um, the, and, and because of that, also the Russians uh, underestimated their will to fight co- going forward. I mean, they've been thinking that, 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 yeah, that this will be the same. So uh, another question real quick. Yes. Sure. Question. Um, from Don C. Anything new about Putin's health? Hmm. Uh, there, there has been talk that he. Uh, okay, so there was a photograph taken within the last week in which you could clearly see that his left hand had at one point had a drip or something had been inserted. Because, you know, you get that <laughs> that, that reddish, reddish black, bruise. yellowish bruise on your on the back of your hand. Uh, so some folks had said, "Oh, he's back under treatment," um, but um, contrary to that as well is that he he does look far healthier. He doesn't swing from all puffy and steroided out uh, to his normal look. Uh, of course, all the accusations that he's got body doubles and all the rest of it. I don't know how much ver- you know truth there is to that. Right. But no, I have not heard anything reputable suggesting that his health has returned for the worse. It, it is widely believed uh, that he did have cancer, but that he has survived it and he is in remission. But Look, that's the problem with Putin is that we're not going to know because mm-hmm. he can't he can't let that stuff be known because not only will that be a threat, uh, incur potential threat from the West in his mind, he's got internally uh, issues that if he suddenly is admittedly sick, they're going to the sharks are going to start to circle even more so than they already are. Sure. We got time for another question. We got five more yeah, minutes, yeah. I think. Yep, yep. Yeah, let's see. So I've got one from. Eric R. Piekarski, what is the reaction on the Sevastopol strike regarding Russian Navy ships damaged slash destroyed? Well, it's a good Polish name, but I think we already answered the question. Um, they're, okay, they're ticked sorry. off about it. They're ticked off about it. Um, they're, they're petulant children and now have pulled out of the uh, food uh, shipment uh, agreement that they made, uh, thereby punishing Africa and Southeast Asia for something the Ukrainians did. So, mm. uh, how many questions we got, Johnny? Have you okay, got another one? We got, we got a quick, few more. We got a few more. Yeah. So, real quick, um, I just want to mention. I just want to mention real quick that um, there are reports, and I was just looking it up while while you were talking about the other thing. There are reports coming out just recently that uh, Putin was on a phone call with Shoigu. He was on a video call, and he had to cut it short because he had a massive coughing fit that would not stop. They literally cut that part short, um, and so. There are increasing concerns that he may have gotten through the worst of one thing, but he's got other stuff going on as well. And hence, yeah. that's where the bruise came. They're injecting him with all kinds of like vitamin B and blah, 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 to keep his energy up and his health up as best they can. Yeah, there and there's a growing fight, and there's a growing fight between uh, Shoigu and the head of the Wagner group. So there's there is dissension in the ranks, and we'll see if that actually comes to mm-hmm. something. Right. Okay. Let's another question, real quick. Sure. Um, 
Let's see. Julie from Twitch wants to know how much longer do you estimate this will continue the uh, conflict, the war? Um, I had been I have been saying for the last month or so that I thought we were closer to the end of the war than the beginning of it. And I generally stand by that. But there are things that give me pause. And I think it could be it could. So we are nine months into the war. I think that we are less likely to see another nine months. Um, but, you know, war is a tricky thing. It could go, it could go ten, another 10 months, you know, 11 months. But I don't think so. I, my gut feeling is that um, the Russians are going to break. They're going to just, it's, mm-hmm. it's, this is so devastating and there's no, pl- there's no chance for them to win. And the Ukrainians just go from strength to strength to strength. We'll see what happens in Kherson. We'll see what happens in the Donbass. But I got, you know, I know somebody who's out there on the front lines uh, uh, currently now uh, prepping for Kherson. Uh, and, and she openly said, um, oh, we take Crimea back by the summer. Mm-hmm. I think that's optimistic. But, but having said that, um, you know, yeah, the Ukrainians are on the move and the, U- and the Russians are doing very little to stop them. It's why they're mm-hmm. threatening uh, nukes. I think the Russians are, are close to collapse and that could happen. Mm-hmm. That could happen next week. Frankly, there could be a, a palace coup. There could be all sorts of things. Yeah. But that's one of the if, things that even, triggers yeah, a, a quicker yeah. end to it than, than even their battle attrition problems. Yeah. Or potentially a massive escalation. If somebody else worse gets in there and says, let's start sending strategic bombers and just flatten everything, uh, which I don't think is really going to happen. But, you know, that's the equivalent of a tactical move. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's 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 a Hail Mary move. And it'll ultimately it'll it'll end in defeat no matter what. There's no way the Russians win here. It's just no way. Um, And I don't think there's even any way there's less and less of a chance that they eke out some sort of advantage in the Donbass. They may come to some negotiated uh, settlement uh, when it comes to Sevastopol. But even that, I think, is unlikely, given everything that they've done in the last uh, nine months. Um, Mm -hmm. So. All to to to, uh, to come back to the original question, this war is not going to last much longer. This war is going right. to be over. In the it, okay, it'll go into it will go into 2023, but I do not know how much it goes into 2023. I am I would be willing to put hard cash down that it does not go into 2024. This is not mm-hmm. going to be a long. This is not going to be a Bosnia. This is not going to be an Afghanistan. This the. The Russians can't sustain it, and the Ukrainians are just getting stronger and stronger. You know, right. I would say this war is 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 not going to last that much longer. Too too much long, uh, much longer than than it should, because every day Ukrainians are dying. Um, but mm-hmm. um, you know, we got to take a break. Uh, we got it. We're at the end lot. of the show, actually. We're, we're at right the end of the show. Just, Thanks, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, everybody. It. Appreciate it. Be safe, Philip Itner. We love you. Uh, at Philip Itner on Twitter, follow him, and then of course his uh, vlogging from there. And he'll be joining me on the uh, uh, you know one of the mornings this week. If we can get him in there to talk more about this. Love you, Johnny Million. You're the greatest. Love and you. and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Take care of yourself and take care of somebody else. And remember, vote. Voting is happening right now. Vote. Vote. vote, vote. Send a friend. Bring yeah. bring a friend. Do the vote. The voting. Vote and vote. 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 <laughs> Okay, we'll be back. People are dying here for the vote. Vote. Yep.